Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, the world is not this building. The world is not these lights. It's not the colors. It's... I mean, can you imagine going through life? These two men went through life never seeing the sunset, never seeing beautiful green, never seeing a blue sky. Oh, you're here, or you're in Vieira, you're watching, and and you've seen it all. But that's not really the real world. The real world is spiritual. It can be so easy to see the world we live in and view it as the only life we will ever know. Often we're blinded by our circumstances or what the world says is important. Today, Pastor Mark encourages listeners to open their minds to eternal realities of life. This life on earth is only temporary. There are everyday battles taking place in the spiritual realm, fighting for souls. While the Lord expects us to make the most of our time here on earth, He does not want us to lose sight of the light at the end of the tunnel. What do you view as your final destination in life today? Scripture states that eternity awaits. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he begins his message entitled, Jesus, Open My Eyes. Let us hear your lessons Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. There's some interesting questions in life. One we're going to study today. It's part of our Bible study as you turn to Matthew chapter 20. The question is this. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? If I ask you that question, if you saw me out in the market or wherever, in Publix or somewhere, I'm not sure what you'd ask me. It'd be interesting to see. Well, in our Bible study today, Jesus is the one asking the question. If Jesus stood before you and said, what do you want me to do before you? How would you respond? We're going to see two men that very thing happens to them in their response. Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. Let's learn together. Now, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. This large crowd would have been mostly Jews, Because they were on their way to celebrate something called the Jewish Passover. Josephus, 
the historian tells us that at a normal Passover in those days, there'd be up to two million people. As this crowd began working its way through Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, through Jericho, well, Matthew says that Jesus was part of the crowd. He was leaving Jericho. The Gospel of Mark says that he was coming to Jericho, and Luke says that he was approaching Jericho. Well, people that question the Bible, they like this. But it's very easy. This inconsistency is no inconsistency at all. You see, Matthew is referring to the old Jericho, some of the ruins which are still there today. In fact, I've seen the old ruins of the old city of Jericho. Well, the other two writers were referring to the new city of Jericho, which had been built about a mile south of the old city by Herod the Great. He used this as a a timeshare. When it was cold in Jerusalem, because Jerusalem is always very high, all you have to do is go down to Jericho, not far away, and it was like to us, Palm Springs. Well, on this day, an interesting thing happened as this crowd piles through the city on the way to Jericho. Of course, disciples and Jesus is part of that crowd. Look at verse 30. And two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Sitting beside this road were two blind men who, well, this is their livelihood. This is where they hope to survive. There was no Medicaid. There wasn't help for the poor. There was no government assistance. These blind men, like other beggars, would sit day after day on this busy road, hoping for kindness from people, some bread, a little bit of food, maybe a piece of fruit, a couple shekels. Notice they were blind. In that society, they could only survive by begging for the necessities. Now, blindness was, well, it was fairly common in those days, as it is in many third world countries still. Not only were there all kinds of accidents, people would be blinded, but blindness often came from infections, numerous infections, but one of the more common would have been gonorrheal infections, an STD. The mother would have contracted it from lovers or husband, and as the baby came down the birth canal, well, the infection was there, and the baby's eyes would be infected, and you know today in our hospitals, we put silver nitrate and drops in the baby's eyes to protect them from that. Of course, in those days, no such medicine. Now, these two blind men were really a picture of our sin-cursed world. People everywhere hurting from emptiness and accidents and problems and divorce and debt and addictions, leaving them the same way, hopeless and helpless. You've seen one of these if you've flown much. They used to be given out free, these blinders, 
But today, because of the way airlines are, you know, they charge you 20 bucks or whatever to have one. Well, on an airplane, you put this over your eyes for a reason. And what's the reason? You want to go to sleep. Some of you are already doing that, but you just don't have the blinder on this morning. <laughs> but I can see you just fine. Third row on the balcony, second from the left. He is now awake. In our world, in this room, there are people who are blind. Oh, they're not blind physically. They, they can see fine. But like the two blind men in our story, they're somewhat hopeless. Life has caused them to become bitter, become empty. They're lonely. They, they can't figure why in the world they're here. Oh, they have perfect eyesight. But because they've never understood the difference between religion in a relationship with Jesus Christ. They've never understood that difference. Oh, they go through life seeing just fine. But the real them, the real spiritual man and woman, are just as blind if, as if I had these blinders on. Today, I want to show you how to see the real world. You see, the world is not this building the world is not these lights. It's not the colors. It's, I mean, can you imagine going through life? These two men went through life never seeing the sunset, never seeing beautiful green, never seeing a blue sky. Oh, you're here. Oh, you're in Vieira. You're watching, and, and you've seen it all. But that's not really the real world. The real world is spiritual. You see, the real me is going to live forever somewhere and God has brought you here Christian to get your eyes open to some different priorities seeker to find the answer to your life you won't have to leave with this on this morning you'll be able to leave because God has answered your prayer God open my eyes to see what really, really matters. As we see our study, it's an interesting one in contrast because of the people that are involved. I'm going to give you five things to write this morning, just five in Vieira and here, just five. I encourage you to write them down. Number one, God opened our eyes to see we need to open our mouths. Notice in that verse, it says, when they heard that Jesus was going by. Because they were blind, their other senses were heightened. They could hear amazingly perception. It was amazing. Well, these two blind men had already heard about Jesus. How had they heard? They can't read. They can't pick up the newspaper and say Jesus is coming through today in the Jericho Post. Well, they'd heard because people had said to them. When they heard this commotion, what is going on? People said, well, not only is the Passover happening, but Jesus 
Jesus who? Jesus, Jesus, the one who's healed blind eyes? Yes, this is the Jesus that's coming through. You see, in those days, in the country of Israel, Jesus was kind of the talk of the town. Oh, there was a lot of different beliefs about him, but he was definitely the talk of the town. Changed lives were the talk of Israel. Let me ask you this morning, is Jesus and changed lives the talk of Brevard County? How would Jesus be the talk of this town? How would change lives? How would people who were blind now see? How, how is that going to happen? It happens because you, followers of Christ, open their mouths and share what God has done. You see, you definitely will not find the balanced view in the newspaper. Because by and large, the newspapers are run by the God of this world, which is Satan. And things are very often skewed. Well, God never designed the newspaper to be the way people would hear about Jesus. He gave you and he gave me a mouth. You see, our mandate is to put people in touch with God. That's why we're here. Are we sharing? Are we talking to others about the goodness of God? You know, we have five core commitments in this fellowship. The fourth one down speaks to this very subject. I'm to communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. Amazing. That's my mandate from God. It doesn't go away. It should always be in front of me. God, open our eyes to see that we need to open our mouths. You see, as you and I go down our streets, our neighborhoods, there's all kinds of people that need God. How will they hear? They're going to hear from you, and they're going to hear from me. Well, what did these men shout? Look at what they shouted. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Amazingly, even though they couldn't see, they had insight. How do I know that? Because those words, son of David, are Old Testament picture of the Messiah. These two blind men knew that Jesus was the actual Messiah. Well, what is the response? By the way, when you do share, when you invite someone to church, when you share the gospel with them, what is the, is the response always beautiful? Well, quite often it's exactly the opposite. And sometimes we get discouraged by that. Well, look at the response in verse 31. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. You see, the crowd heading for the Passover doesn't think that Jesus is going to spend time with a beggar. In fact, they're trying to shield Jesus from this cast-off, the two cast-offs of life. Interesting. But obviously, these two blind men didn't figure they would ever have a chance 
to see Jesus again. So they're desperate. They scream. They cry out. Now, could it be that as we look around our world this morning, do you know that many of the homes you drove by, nobody's even up yet? Newspapers still out there. You know why? Because most of our subdivisions, most of our apartment complexes, the wonderful neighbors that we have that live there, they're blind to spiritual things. Could it be that we're like the crowd and we don't care? Oh, we care, but we don't care enough to share. And so we just drive right on by to church. Be careful not to condemn the crowd too much because you and I can sometimes have the same negative, wrong reaction. Why did these men reach out? Why do they, they don't care what the crowd said. Why do they scream out again? Because they pretty much know they'll probably never have a chance to be that close to Jesus again. Oh, they don't know he's going to the cross in just a few days. But for them, at this opportunity, they're going to grab for it. They don't know this verse, but it's a beautiful verse. I'll use it again at the end. Isaiah 55, 6 simply says this. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him. While he's near. These two had faith that Jesus could heal them. They said, God, have mercy on us. How did they have faith? Where in the world did they get faith? They're blind. How can they have faith? How can they believe in the things that Jesus did? Keep your finger right there in Matthew. Turn back about five books or so to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Remember, these men are blind. This is a great key verse. Now, as you read this verse, how important is this verse? Where does faith come from? Let's look at it. Verse 17, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. You might have the King James and the New King James, and it kind of sounds like this. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, how do I get faith? How do I believe in God? I have to what? Hear the word. Read the word. Two blind men. How are they going to read the word? By the way, there was no word then. It was Old Testament. They couldn't read it. They had to what? Hear it. What's happening in this place this morning? You're hearing and reading the word of God. What does that do in your life? It brings faith. Is faith important? You see, our world is exactly the opposite. Here's what our world says. Pastor Mark, you prove to me there's a God and I will believe. No, the Bible is based totally different. The Bible says this, you believe and God will give you proof. Well, Pastor Mark, how does that happen? God gives every person a measure of faith. You can believe. You absolutely can believe. I mean, you believe that at 1215 this service will be over, don't you? No, you don't want your faith in me. You want your faith in who? God. You say, well, is faith really necessary? 
Let me give you a little clue. In the beginning, God. You're either going to believe that or you're not going to believe it. Can you prove it one way or the other? Well, were you there? No, you can't prove it. So faith is absolutely critical. Well, how will... Think the opposite. If I hear the word, faith comes. What if I don't hear the word? What if I go to church and I don't hear the Bible taught? Then can I have faith? No, I can have a nice religious meeting, but I can't have faith. And then the Bible later in the book of Hebrews says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that's why here at Calvary Chapels, we teach the Bible. Bring your Bibles. Bring them every week. Read them. Open them. You're learning about God. And what's going to happen with all of this? Think what happened. Let me ask you a simple question here in Vieira. Do you think when you leave this building or you leave in Vieira, do you think you'll leave this morning with more or less faith than you came with? Well, three of you got it. Let's think about it again. Will you leave with more or less? You're going to leave with more. Why? Because you listened to me. No, because we heard God's word. Let me give you a clue. It never returns void. It's powerful. It, oh, it's, going, oh, it, it's going to open so many eyes today. It's the powerful, perfect, never-changing word of God. Well, go back to Matthew 20, verse 32, just where your finger is. These men call out. The crowd says, forget it. They call out again, what's Jesus going to do? Notice verse 32. Jesus stopped. He stopped. Now, why did Jesus stop? Because he had compassion. Jesus had come to serve the hurting world. Understand, last week we learned the disciples, two of them said, we want to be on your right and we want to be on your left when you open the kingdom. And Jesus had to sit them down and goes, guys, it's not about you. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Why did Jesus stop? Because he's going to show his disciples by example how to serve. See, if I'm going to serve God, I have to stop sometimes. I have to understand it's his agenda. It's his agenda. It's not mine. You see, God will open up for us moments of opportunities. I can either blow right by them or I can realize that God wants me to stop. This is going to be an eye-opening experience for the crowd. They can't believe that Jesus is stopping for two beggars. Do you believe God can open your eyes to a variety of things in your life? Today, Pastor Mark taught us that our hearts should be yearning to see life through our Lord's lens. When we allow God to open our eyes, we begin to view others differently. We must ask God to open our eyes, to see that we need to open our mouths to share the gospel. We must also ask Him to open our eyes to see, stop, and help hurting people. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. The Lord wants to wake us up to the realities of this life. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners several prayers to ask of God. Nothing is impossible or too difficult for him. He can help transform your outlook on life from self-focused to others-focused. If we are to please God, we must ask him to open our eyes to see the shortness of this life and the importance of eternity. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.